0: A Fabringen in Yiddish, a term meaning a joyous gathering, but it's really so much more. It's insight, it's inspiration, it's the bottom line. Join Rabbi Levi Avtson Tuesdays at 1 p.m. for the Fabringen, only on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avtson, and it is good to be with you from Linksfield Sho. And we're talking today, live, on this Farbringen, like every Tuesday from 1 to 2 in the afternoon. We hope that you are healthy and you are listening to this broadcast from a place of peace and safety. And that each and every one of us should be able to come into the this coming year, which is only three and a half weeks away, with serenity, some form of clarity um, lots of clarity, and please God, a a sense of connection. And that's really what I want to talk to you today about. I want to talk about Rosh Hashanah, and specifically about prayer, prayer on Rosh Hashanah. According to many people, again, this is an unprofessional survey, but having spoken to many people in my lifetime, one of the hardest mitzvot, if not the hardest, for many people. Is davening. It's prayer. You know, when I ask you to say what's a hard mitzvah, a hard commandment, you would maybe say kosher, Shabbat, fasting on Yom Kippur, having a bris, circumcision. And davening wouldn't be that at the first glance, but let me ask you and let's explore this together. And I'm exploring it very much with myself as well because it's a, it's a perpetual challenge. I want to compare davening prayer and learning torah if you go to an interesting lesson an interesting lecture and the material interests you it's about you know some people enjoy history some people don't but you go to a lecture where the material is interesting and where the lecturer talks your language talks in a way that resonates i've moved beyond um, that expectation that one lecturer can talk to everybody Some of my favorite lecturers that I enjoy listening to, other people don't connect to them. Each one of us has a certain way of absorbing a message and a certain way of looking at a messenger, and each one of us has our own way. But let's say, for argument's sake, you go and you're participating in a lecture that both the lecturer, the person talking, and the content resonates with you. All you have to do then is make sure to show up with relatively um, awake mind, if you're overtired, then even if it's a great lecture, it's not necessarily going to penetrate. Show up, put your phone on silent, and ingest the information. Go with the lecturer, go with the teacher on a ride. Half an hour, 20 minutes, an hour, or two hours, whatever amount of time you allocated for that, as long as the information is interesting and you're in the headspace to absorb it, it you can lose yourself in that information unless you're ADD. And then it might be a little more challenging, which is even people who are ADHD, if they they often are very focused when it's something that they enjoy doing. So learning is an incredible part of the J- Jewish religion. It's part of faith. Talmud Torah kolam, Torah equals everything else. Although the Balatanya says that in today's day and age, Even more important than Torah in our time is charity and doing kindness to one another. But Torah, as long as you have a half-decent IQ and you're interested in information and you're awake, the next hour will fly by. For example, you're right now listening to my radio. Now, either what I'm saying is putting you to sleep and you're scared of crashing your car, so therefore you're right away switching to another radio station, (laughs) or whatever I'm saying is piquing your interest. Like, okay, let me give this guy a few minutes. Let me give him a chance Uh, uh, Okay, maybe, Uh, not sure. But if you're giving me a chance, that means you're allocating that at least your headspace will go on a journey with me. Prayer, on the other hand, is very different. You're not really taking in any new information. The words are on the same page the way they were there yesterday and the day before, last year, etc. You maybe learned a new commentary on the davening, etc. But ultimately, prayer is, is relatively a repetitious experience with very little intake from the outside. And you could go to a nice you know, shul with a beautiful chazanek choir and convince yourself you're being inspired, and very much you you and I can be inspired by that, but that's not necessarily prayer. Prayer is something that has to be personal. It's not me living off your experience. It's me living off my own experience. See, in learning, I could live off your experience. If you've done the work and you've prepared a good shi or a good class, All I need to do is lose myself in your experience and go on the journey with you. Prayer, on the other hand, I can't really lose myself in another experience. Because even if I really enjoyed the choir and I felt motivated, I didn't necessarily pray. I maybe was inspired, and that's beautiful. But prayer, fundamentally, is not about inspiration that comes from the outside. It's me looking at the page or getting locked in my thoughts and trying to generate from within inspiration. In the words of Jewish mysticism, Torah comes from above, down below. It comes from heaven, and our job is to just download it and take it in. Davening, on the other hand, is from the bottom up. In other words, it starts within. It's generated within my own heart, within my own emotive faculties, and then it goes upward. But it's much harder. Because again, Learning, I could learn off you. Davening, I can't daven off you. each righteous person must live up their own faith, their own motivation. Davening is very much a self-sustaining space. If we really want to have a meaningful davening, I have to get into the zone. And so do you have to get into the zone. And my zone won't really have much of an influence on your zone. You might feel a little more seriousness in the air, but ultimately your davening will have to be generated from your own motivation. You can't lose yourself by just sitting back on a chair, making yourself comfortable, drinking a coffee, and listening to a lecture. Davening is much harder because it demands incredible inspiration from within, and I can't feed off anybody else. And yet Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur are those days of davening. So how do we daven? How do we show up? What do we do? Before I continue, I want to play with you, I want to play for you one of my favorite songs. It's called Davenin. It's in Yiddish, and I'll just give you a little commentary what it says. It's in a Polish Yiddish, so even if you know Lithuanian Yiddish, you might not recognize the accent. my dear creator, ich I want to pray to you. Please let me talk to you. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. So where are we? We are talking about prayer. We're talking about davening, Tvila. And the incredible challenge that it is from me generated. I cannot really feed off anybody else, especially this year when coming to shul, even though all our shuls thank God have opened, it's a very different experience if we're used to having, you know, incredible acoustics in the Hasidic choir taking us someplace There might be a chazen, and he'll be singing much less, but there's no choir. The service is much more cut short. You're not sitting next to anybody. You're sitting two meters away, so you're not feeding off anybody's energy. And for many people, they're choosing not to go to shul at all, and then they really have to generate themselves. So really, this year is the DIY, do-it-yourself, chag. And it's something that all the shuls, all the communities around the world are addressing, this idea that... Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur was always a community setting, and for many this year, even for those showing up, it's not going to be a community setting the way we're used to. It's coming from within. And really the question is, how does one generate inspiration from within to be able to have a intense and beautiful experience? Because, again, we're not having the experience of every year, so what are we having? If I'm not going to have the experience that I'm used to, what will I have? And I would love to hear your thoughts. You could always um, text and then um, 34519, share your thoughts, etc. I would really love to hear your thoughts. Where do you generate your own inspiration? We're now in the month of Elul. The month of Elul, we're told, is Anila Dodi Dodili. I am to my beloved and my beloved is to me. And the mystics focus a lot on those words. and And they say the following. These words are originally from a love poem to Hashem, called Song of Songs, Shira Shirim, authored by no one less than King Solomon himself, Shlomo HaMelech, the son of King David, David HaMelech. And although the simple poetry is about a two lovers, a, a man and a woman, talking to each other, the rabbis understood from the beginning, and it's very clear from King Solomon himself, that it's really a love poem to God. The Jewish people are the bride, and God is the groom. And it's just using the powerful potency of of what we understand as romantic love to really explore a much deeper, much deeper um, relationship that we have with God. And at some stage in the book of Shir Hashirim, King Solomon puts in the words dodili I am to my beloved and my beloved is to me but elsewhere in the book he has it backwards or rather reverse he says dodili my my beloved is to me and I am to it now what do I mean reverse the question is which one comes first is am I showing up first to my beloved dodi I'm showing up to my beloved or dodili My beloved is showing up, vanilo, and then I'm going, I'm being reciprocal. Who's being reciprocal to who? Who's showing up? And Elul, specifically, the month that we're now, the Rosh Hashanah season we're told is Anila dodiva dodili. It's I'm showing up first. And the mystics actually explain that if you split the year into two, the Jewish calendar, so it's from this time of the year till Pesach that we really focus on Anila dodiva dodili, where you show up. It's the time of the year where we have to show up in the northern hemisphere, it's winter, it's not as inspiring, etc., you show up. And Passover is the time, of Pesach, is when Hashem came and took us out of Egypt, very much undeserved, we were not as a nation in a great space, so before we showed up and, you know, showed where we're at, Dodili, he showed up first, and then we showed up and came to get the Torah a few weeks later. So the six months from Pesach to Rosh Hashanah are very much in the energy of God showing up first and we reciprocating. And this time of the year, starting now just before Rosh Hashanah, Tul Pesach is the energy of, of Anila Dodi, me showing up. Okay, that seems like quite a tangent. Where am I going with that? I'm going as simple. Anila Dodibidodili, our sages tell us, refers to davening, tfilah, prayer. There's various acronyms of the name of of the word Elul, the month we're in. Ishler Eomata Not charity, there's a verse that talks about Torah. Levav chaves levav is a verse there's there's an acronym that goes about Mashiach et cetera, Lemer, et etc. 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 But specifically Li is prayer. Davening. Why? Because Davening is where I show up first. I woke up a few minutes ago. No, I actually didn't. It's already one in the afternoon, that would be embarrassing. But in theory, you know, a person showing up at uh, seven in the morning, six in the morning, they're showing up at eight in the morning to Daven. They haven't been awake for that long. And maybe they had a coffee and they, uh, you know, woke themselves up a bit. They're still fresh. They're still, you could still tell on their face, you know, how long they've been up, which is often not a lot. And you put them fill in or note filling for women. And you're now sitting in front of a sitter, whether with a minion or you're sitting at home alone. And you're supposed to be inspired now again, if you were going to a class now and it's a good lecturer and he or she knows how to scream loud enough to keep you awake or just says enough stories or is entertaining or is giving the subject matter, whatever, then fine, you just sit back and enjoy. But suddenly like one second, it's seven in the morning. I, 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 you know, I checked my phone. I saw 18 missed messages. One of them is, oh boy, from that clear, Oh, bosh. Um, and like you're, you know, a lot on your mind and you're supposed to now clear the space. And show up and what? Show up and where? Show up and how? Show up and when? What, what am I showing up with? What am I doing? Where's my zone? Davening's hard work. The word that Ethics of Our Fathers, Pirkei Avot uses for davening, is Torah, Avodah. Torah is called Torah, but tefillah, davening is not called tefillah, it's called Avodah, work. Literally hard work. Whenever we say Avodah, work, it refers to Davening, in that context. Torah is never called Avodatat Torah. At times, sometimes you refer to it as putting a lot of effort into learning, but that word work is specifically on Davening. We call it Avodat HaTfilah, the work of, the hard work of Davening. And there's a, in the Talmud, when it talks about tanners, once upon a time, tannery was a big occupation for people. And it talks about what the tanner does to the leather. They used to say Ibud or the person works through and beats up the leather until it's material to work with. So Avodah literally means hard labor, really beating something in. And davening is hard labor. Now, you might think, gosh, you're a rabbi. You're supposed to be talking about how Judaism is aspiring and beautiful and meaningful and relevant and easy. What are you going on? What are you going on? But ultimately, we're having an honest conversation about davening, its beauty, but its challenge. And that is, if I'm inspired, if I manage to meditate myself into a zone, and that's why meditation before davening is so important, so much so that the Talmud tells us that the people of old, Hasidim HaRishonim, the great pious people of old, would spend at least an hour before prayer getting into the zone, locking into the zone through meditation. Only when I'm doing that, then can I show up and be there? And that's why in many circles in the Jewish community, davening only comes after some learning, but specifically learning about faith. Not necessarily Talmudic learning, which is often done immediately after davening or halakha, um, again after davening. There's the learning that comes before davening, and that's avodat Hashem things of meditating about Hashem, meditating about the world, mysticism, words of faith, to really generate emotion. Because again, I'm not here to ge- generate necessarily an intellectual journey. I'm here to generate emotion, but not fake emotion. I'm not, you know, injecting drugs into myself. I'm not just trying to get a high for the sake of getting high. But rather, I, I want to be in the zone. And to be in the zone, I have to focus. Right. I have to focus on the fact that God is in front of me. There's actually a there's chapter forty one of Tanya, the first seventeen eighteen lines. There's a custom many people do, read those lines to themselves either by heart or in the book before davening, because it really it's it's text that gets you into the zone. And one of the words he says over there is the words ve'hinei Hashem nitzav alav and behold God is standing on me. Umabit olav. And is looking at me, is checking my inside, my heart, to see if I'm serving God. In other words, it's not so much a threat, oh my gosh, God's checking you out, but rather God's here. It's about getting into the zone. I'm realizing one second when I'm about to say, I'm about to say, I'm about to daven Amidah, I'm about to say, whatever I'm about to daven, I'm getting into the zone. I need to, I need to remember where I'm at. I have to put my heart and head into the right space. Because otherwise, just reading the words of Dominguez is not necessarily going to generate such intense emotion because I said the words yesterday. But if I evoke within myself, again, self-generated, hard work, I evoke some emotion and that's impossible to do if my phone is on and I'm checking my phone every three minutes. That's impossible to do or very hard to do if I don't have at least one thought that's occupying my mind about God or, or if I'm all over the place. That's why one of the translations of the word Shema Yisrael is not only listen up Israel but rather gather yourself together. There's a verse in The book of Kings, that Shaul, in the book of Shmuel, that Shaul gathered the people, that Shema means to gather, get yourself together, put your thoughts. Don't be so fragmented, focus, zone in. Davening is really about a journey of zoning in, getting into the space. And when a person gets into the zone and allows themselves into that journey, then davening can be a truly rewarding experience, so much so that one of the great sages used to say that if people knew the pleasure of a good davening, they would spend their entire day davening and drop every other pleasure because the pleasure of davening is truly the greatest pleasure of all. We're going to continue to explore this in just one moment. You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avzon on 101.9 Chai FM. 101.9, Chai FM. My name is Rabbi Levi Avzan and we are talking here about davening and its incredible, um, potency and what it can do for each and every one of us. But the hard work of it to actually lock ourselves into a zone to show up. One of the, I'm going to give a few tricks. And again, I'm not claiming that I have mastered the art of davening. Some days davening is you know, flows better than others. Sometimes I, I manage to distract myself already by the time I'm supposed to be davening and then the, the the thoughts are a million places. It's amazing how suddenly when you're davening, um all the things that you have to do for the day that you couldn't remember 10 minutes before when you were trying to put it on your diary suddenly start surfacing to your mind. It reminds me of the good story of the rabbi who's waiting for somebody who, while, while they're davening Amidah, while they're giving, you know, davening Shmon Esrei, the silent prayer, and the rabbi standing in front of the person, the person, you know, is like to closed his eyes and totally out there. And finally, the fellow finishes the prayer, takes three steps back. And the rabbi walks over to him and says, shalom aleichem, greetings and blessings. The guy looks at him and says, rabbi, are you kidding me? I've been here for the last 25 minutes. What, what, what's that all about? And he says, huh, nah, nah, I'll tell you where you were for the last five minutes. You took a trip to the marketplace then you took a trip to your storage house. Then you took a trip to your, um, savings, your little locker. And then you thought about, um, your angry wife at home. So you've been in a lot of different places in the last five minutes. So I'm just coming to greet you back. Now it's, it's it, whether it happened or didn't happen, unfortunately, I often feel that way, you know, especially once you get familiar with the prayers and you could say the, the prayers by rote your mind can wander to so many strange places. By the time you're finishing a prayer, you're finishing Amidah, whatever, you've literally you've gone across seven continents, solved all the world's problems, figured out who the next president of the United States will be, know exactly um, what Ramaphosa should do for the economy and for the lockdown. You know, within the, just one Amidah, you've solved all the world's problems. The problem is that, <laughs> that during that time, I was supposed to dive in Amidah. I was supposed to talk to God. It's like showing up. To a, a meeting, forget about what the king of kings, you know, the creator showing up even with a meeting with a anybody, with a salesperson and just, you know, spacing out on them the whole time you're talking. It doesn't work. But that, unfortunately, sometimes it, does. It, it That's what happens to us. And therefore there are a few tricks of the trade. But again, the, the ultimate trick is hard work. Um, but the few tricks are, for example, to read everything inside the sitter, even if you know it by heart, to vocalize it, to not mumble. And sound like a broken fan or like an aircon that's, you know, tittering about to fall apart, but to actually verbalize the words and that speech evokes focus. We're told even when learning, when somebody learns, they should try to read it out loud, um, because it actually gets retention of memory, but also it, it focus, it forces more focus and to try it, you know, show up with Davening, put the phone away on silent, not in your pocket inaccessible, in a different room, and if it's going to be a 10-minute davening or 20-minute davening or an hour davening or two-hour davening, allocate in your mind some f- space in your head to lose yourself within that experience. Because again, there are so many things pulling at us and davening demands focus and it's much harder to focus on davening than to focus on learning because again, the stimulation's from within, not from without. Some people close their eyes, which makes them, you know, not be distracted by what's going on outside. But davening is serious work. Prayer is serious work. So often people will come and say, gosh, I've shown up once a year. I've shown up to Rosh Hashanah. I've paid my membership. I've come sit in the seat and honestly, it was uninspiring. And I get it. But davening isn't inspiring. It is what it is. In other words, it is what you make it. Nobody really can make davening inspiring. You could have an inspiring experience, great lecture, a great sermon, a great... Uh, choir, but ultimately davening for what it is, the words of prayer, it's all from within. And sometimes, you know, sometimes we are in the zone. And I would say that if somebody came, didn't necessarily get in the zone, if you come every week, guaranteed one time or a few times you will get in the zone. I had an experience this past Shabbat, for some reason I managed to get into the zone. It was the first time in a while where just like, davening flowed. I just felt like I'm in a zone. Obviously it was Shabbos, there was no phone. With six kids in lockdown that were opening the show this week, but last week my show wasn't open. I go into the garden alone, beautiful weather, and got lost in a, in a zone, in a space, in a reflection. And it was a deeply rewarding experience. And that's really what the happening is. In the words of, uh, Rabbi Shalom Darber Lubavitch in his book, it's an incredible book called Kuntres Havida, the book, the booklet of hard work. And what does he say? He says, the first words, his opening words to the prayer, uh, to the book. It's a fascinating book. It's translated in English as well. ne behold, kol the entire work, and the effort, de Hashem, of people who serve God, bitfila, in davening, who lavo it's to come, lemidas ahava, to the attribute of love. The whole point, intention, meaning, and effort is to feel love. How do you know if you've had a good experience of davening? If you walk out and you love God a little more than when you walked in. How do you know if davening didn't necessarily hit the mark? Again, I'm not talking about whether God will give us what we need. Please, God will give us regardless of the experience we had in davening. But how do I know if I personally have attained within myself the goal of davening? if I feel the love. That's what davening is. It's love, it's about achieving and feeling it. We have a mitzvah that we say in the Shema every day twice. That person should love God. It's a mitzvah to actually feel something in your heart. There's the famous question that the commentaries ask, how can you tell somebody to love? I don't. And the answer is that meditate and get in the zone until you feel the love. In other words, put yourself at the headspace that you will feel the love. Feel the love. Allow yourself to get lost in that incredible, evocative, emotive experience. And that's what davening really is. So if you want to know, like, okay, what's my goal, this Rosh Hashanah? I'm going to be home. I'm going to have a maqsar. I'm going to open my, you know, kahat or my art school, whichever maqsar I have. My koran, I'm going to open it. And I want to set myself a goal. How do I know if I've actually tapped in? And the answer is, are you feeling something? Real feeling, a self-generated feeling. Are you feeling closer to God? Is God more real to you, emotionally? Not intellectually, emotionally. It's a feeling. Are you feeling the love? We're told that the Haftat Hashem just like love for a spouse or for a child is a tangible love, you could actually feel it in your heart, so too the mitzvah of avat Hashem, of loving God, is to feel it, to actually feel the love of Hashem. Are you feeling it? Are you feeling it? That's really the question that we are asking ourselves on this day. And what can I do to make my davening intense and beautiful? Now, you might be hearing the screaming in the background. Don't worry, everything's under control. Just my two-year-old having a tantrum. And this is doing radio in the era of COVID. Um, Someone's taking care of him, but he's still having a tantrum. And one thing you learn... The emotions are emotions, and it's all good. And maybe that's not necessarily the emotion I should have by my davening, um, falling apart, but a tear or two wouldn't hurt. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avzon on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM, and we are about to wrap up. My name is Rabbi Levi Avzon of Linksfield Show, and we have been here with you the last... 50 minutes talking about davening, playing some beautiful music. I'm about to finish off with another beautiful piece of music, which I'll explain in a moment. But here's the message. The message is we're in the month of Elul. The month of Elul is the month of prayer. It's really the ultimate goal of this month to really connect to God from a place of emotion, to feel something. And if I want to feel something, I have to prepare myself to feel something. Feelings don't just happen automatically. It's not like, hey, I have a feeling. Something has to generate a feeling. That's the way we are as human beings, especially if it's a positive feeling. You know, some people will just get angry over nothing. But if if we're healthy and we're normal, something generates a feeling. Someone gives you something and then you you, you feel a generated love towards them. Someone does something that's like, you know, admirable. Admirable, and you respect them for it. But the point is, something has to happen, an interaction has to happen to evoke. In order for me to show up, Rosh Hashanah and feel something, I gotta be in the zone. I really gotta show up, and that is about coming this month, the month of Elul, with prayer in my heart, and coming and saying, "Dear God, I'm here. I'm here to connect. I'm here to lose myself in the beautiful ecstasy and the beautiful passion." Of your oneness. The final song I play for you today. It's called Shari shamayim It's a prayer to God where we say Shari shamayim Psach, my dear God, open the gates of heaven. And the beautiful chest that you have, Tiftach, open for us. Make sure it's for us. Lanu Tiftach, open it for us. This is 101.9 Chai FM. This is Zanvo Weinberger and the Malchus Choir and Yankee Lando on Shari Shemaim. Have a great day, please God, next week, Tuesday at one Fabringen on 101.9 Chai FM. Have a good one.